friends, welcome to the Go and Tell Gals podcast with Jess Connolly and Kanisha Bikes. Today, we're talking to one of our friends, a woman who runs on mission. We are praying this conversation leaves you fired up and ready to go right where you're at. We're super thankful for you. Let's go. Friends, and I do feel like we're all friends. I'm so glad you're here today. And I'm just so thankful to have my friend Rebecca on the podcast today. Rebecca Lyons, thank you for being on the Go and Tell Girls podcast again. Oh, it's my joy, girl. It's my joy. I remember the first time I was on your podcast, we had to re-record the whole thing. Do you remember that? Oh <laughs> my gosh, I cannot believe I forgot that. But I literally forgot until you just told me. And we <laughs> recorded the most vulnerable powerful <laughs> podcast in your office and we lost it. Yeah, I think it was just for us. It was for you and me. Oh <laughs> my gosh, that was the worst. I can't even, I'm so sorry. I feel sad about it right now. No, don't even because anyone who's done podcasts more than three minutes understands that like I had one this spring that I, sweet Sissy Goff, I don't know if you know her, something went wrong the first time then something went wrong again the second time to the point where we just basically went to our, her office and like begged her to do it a third time because it was so good. So I feel like I have all the podcast podcast grace in all the land because it's just, you know, digital stuff. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not there. I'm, I, I, I can write words on a, in a journal. That's about my, <laughs> my <laughs> that's the height of my tech savvy. Oh my goodness. Well, I am so grateful for you. And I I genuinely feel like almost everyone we get to talk to on the podcast feels like a friend in some way before we hit record. But Rebecca, you are an actual friend. You are someone I would call to ask these questions that I'm going to ask you today because I trust you. I trust how you hear from God and walk with God and lead other women and, and men to do the same. So I want to talk today about A Surrendered Yes. Your new devotional came out in September. Before I dig into all of my deep and winding questions, I first want to just hear what led you to write this book, this devotional? You know, surrender, I think, has always been a theme. And in fact, my first book, Free Fall to Fly, was written in 2012. And I wanted to have the subtitle to be A Breathtaking Journey Toward Our Life of Surrender. And my publisher is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that is not, <laughs> that is not going to work. Nobody wants that. And I was like, really? Because I had come out of two years of panic disorder and I was just walking into a healing journey. And that's all I knew was like, let go and let God already because nothing I was trying was working. And it was interesting. So I did a poll on Facebook because back at the time we used the Facebook all the time. I remember pulling all my New York friends and then all my like middle America friends. And I said, what resonates with you more? A breathtaking journey toward a life of meaning or a breathtaking journey toward a life of surrender? And it was literally split it down the middle and all my New York friends said surrender and all my middle America friends said meaning. And I thought, this is quite a fascinating case study because I really do think the city, what it did for me and it did for so many of my friends is they were living a life of meaning in the city, but they realized realized that they never got there until they surrendered. And it led me to this understanding that meaning follows surrender. Like nobody really wants to surrender, but we don't get to live the life fully that 
God's entrusted to us until we let go of the life that we're holding on to that that means so much to us. Because true meaning, real meaning and purpose is called to, to calls us toward by God Himself and as vocation. And so, yeah, we trip into it through pain typically, and that requires surrender. And then all of a sudden, God's like, "This is the way. Walk in it." You know. So yeah, that's the surrender history. (laughs) Okay. So interesting. So literally real time. Last night I was at a Bible study led by my husband, which is, you know, one of my favorite things to do. And he's talking about the culture of our church, the way of the bright. That's what we call it here, the way of the bright. And one of the tenets of the way of the bright is time, how we spend our time. And I'm having one of those moments, which any pastor's wives or, you know, women who, who love men who teach know, like where you're, sometimes you're listening and you're like, yes, I totally know all of this. And sometimes he's teaching and I'm like, I don't know any of this. So he's talking about using our time really more meaningfully, which is, you know, that, that other side of surrender. And so as he's talking about it, I'm processing with everybody at my table, like in groups. And I realize I have no problem with meaning. I may think too much about meaning, but likewise, when I pick up a surrendered yes, I am undone. I'm like, this is what I need. This is the message I need. This is the devotional I need. And so I'll clue you into a conversation we've been having here at Go and Tell Gals that we've been kind of asking this question of, is anyone really experiencing renewal right now? Is anybody really experiencing rest and renewal and peace and kingdom-sized renewal right now? But the reason why I'm most excited to talk to you, Rebecca, is because I genuinely believe you are. Mm, And when I get to be with you, when I get to be in your presence, when I get to hear how you're doing, this is something that marks me about you, that you actually experience renewal and rest in your life. Does this feel real and true what I'm saying? (laughs) I would say I have to fight so hard. In fact, I was probably in tears this Saturday as in like, what day is it? Uh, Three days ago, probably for two to three hours fighting very hard, like advocating for myself to myself as well as to my spouse, as well to one of my, like my road manager who travels with me and just saying, if I do not put this stake in the ground with such intention and deliberance, I will lose my soul. And so it was all about 2022 calendar. And I have learned that my capacity is half of what it used to be at best, at best. And I'm not sad about it. I'm actually so thankful that my 47-ness. <laughs> I, was, I was talking to a girlfriend this morning who I was praying with her as I was taken off on a flight, actually. And she's been my best friend since eighth grade. And she just had like the worst panic attack of her life for the first time in her life a couple weeks ago, wound up in the ER and then started having it again yesterday. And I said, here's, here's what I know. We are not 20 anymore. We are not. And she has special needs children, and it's like adoption and a lot of trauma through different things. And all of us have our own stories of trauma, big T, small T, whatever. And and the truth is this, we've been trying to be our own savior. And God is like, I'm not even going to let you do that. I'm not, I will not be mocked. I'm not going to allow you to pretend like you're giving this to me when you're actually not trusting me. And so in some ways, I think the, the, even the suffering is such a grace because it shows us our limits 
and our frailty. And then it just brings me back to center of going, let me be the daughter who is beloved first and always. And then from that gratitude and from that fullness, it is easy to walk away from things that are that might seem good, right? It's easy to say, no, Lord, anything that draws my, my eye and my gaze away from you, like look, locking eyes with you, not even just me looking at you, but you and I gazing at each other, anything that draws my eye away from you makes me fearful and anxious and controlling, ultimately and sad. And that's just not what I want. And so no amount of opportunity is worth the cost of that. So all that to say, I I would say any bit of thriving or renewal in my life has been because I have taken the road of like the hidden thing and held tight to it because the treasure is him. It's not what we do for him. And that is a lot of unlearning. That took a a lot of unlearning for this last few years, especially because I want to be all the things. It just makes, it really feeds my ego and the persona that I've created. And, And the truth is the Lord is like, hey, the real pure thing that you really want in life has nothing to do with that, with that. So. Yeah. Okay. Here are the really helpful things I'm hearing from this. (laughs) Number one, that as someone that I would say, like, this is a woman who knows rest and knows renewal and chooses it, says yes to it even, still experiences the temptation to not, still feels the effect. Yeah. And it's partly, honestly, I don't want to be mad at the beautiful opportunities that come to me, but there is a side of me that's going like, how quickly even distraction, as innocent as it is, can really, truly rob our joy. It's, it's, it's a tactic. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. And yet, I don't want to have a critical spirit or anything towards wonderful opportunities. It's more about going, what is obedience to me before him? And for some, for some, for one person, it might be, yes, you go do this thing because it's going to require every bit of you to depend on God and, and prune something in your life so you'll bear more fruit. Whereas that same exact thing for me might be your no is every bit dependent, makes you dependent on God and prune something from your life so you'll bear more fruit. And so because that's true, it's like this is never to condemn the thing. It's more to come back to examining our own hearts and going, what are our motivations? And when I do that and I'm honest before God with those things— he very clearly just brings me to tears and go, God, if this draws me away from you, let it be a no and an easy, glad no, knowing that someone else will take this and run with it, that you've entrusted or anointed for this thing. Yeah. Wow. So beautiful. So encouraging. And I think it's interesting. Okay. So here's the conversation I'd like to have. I we say this a lot around our office. Brenna, our producer, has heard me say it often. Like, I want to make saying no sexy again. Like, I just, <laughs> I genuinely believe that we all we all love a good graphic on Instagram about saying no, five ways to say no. We love it. We love it. We like it. We share it. I just actually yeah. don't believe most women do practice saying no. Yeah. I just don't because we don't know. I just don't think people know how to or we're not normalizing it enough. But so 
I talk about saying no in any kind of group setting or if I'm talking about it from a stage or if I'm coaching about it, you know, people will often reframe it and say like, hey, remember that when you're saying no, you're saying yes to the right things. And I'm like, definitely, absolutely. And so I would say in a surrendered yes, 52 weeks of saying yes to these beautiful moments of renewal and rest, that's also got to be saying a lot of no's, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the, one of them is like, turn off the tech. (laughs) That's like saying no to tech is actually saying yes to in that particular chapter was really kind of points back to a worthiness, like that you're worthy to receive something beautiful and you don't have to share it, you know? So whatever the lesson that is connected to the no is, I think I would love to unpack and I would love to get your thoughts because we both like to do interviews, (laughs) but like, why do you why do you think it is so hard for people to say no? What is the motivation behind that? Yeah, it is a big question I'm asking right now. Genuinely, like pretty much anyone I'm talking to, I'm like, tell me more. Tell me what's behind that. But it's also a question I'm asking of my own soul. And I'll, I don't mind telling you what I'm finding. I'm finding it's a lack of trust in God to provide to... I think my bend as an Enneagram 8 controller who wants to influence things, that when I say no, I just, I have this untrue perception that I, that I lose any capacity to influence, you know, whereas like that, that's absolutely not true. If I stay home from something, I can pray for it. Uh, there's the beautiful ministry of absence that, that we so often get to experience. Actually, today I was talking to someone and I was supposed to be on a phone call and I wasn't able to be on the phone call. And it ended up the, the phone call, which was like supposed to be a really tense situation, was supernatural. And I was like, if that wasn't the ministry of absence, I don't know what was. Because w- if I was there, that's not how it would have gone. <laughs> and that's how it needed to go, you know. But yeah, for me, I feel like it's genuinely a lack of trust in God and just plain old, you know, evil-rooted people-pleasing. But I have to call it that, you know, of like, this is not, yeah, this is not how I want to live my life. Yeah, for me, it's self-reliance. It's just, it's it's kind of the age-old self-reliance, which is still, it is, it's not just a, a distrust in God, it's a rejection of God. It's It's almost like, I actually don't, I'm not going to let you be God. I'm going to go ahead and take that hat back. And it's really just all that Eve did, right? It's just like, I want to be like God. I want to actually pull myself up by my bootstraps and make things happen. And even in my quote unquote ministry, which is hilarity, honestly, (laughs) when you think about it. But the beauty of all this conversation is God does not condemn us in this. And that's where I want, I want to make sure people hear that. God does not actually condemn us. He looks at you and me, even in our no, inability to say no with compassion and mercy. And we are still credited with the righteousness of Christ. And basically what God is saying, hey, you had, you just have lost sight of how much I adore you. you. You are somehow trying to earn favor with me again through your like hustle. And, and the truth is I like you so much. This is where I am right now in what I'm learning about his love for us is that he jo- he invites us to join him in kind of repairing the world or partnering with him to see renewal happen in the world and the kingdom. But I don't really think it's not because he needs to or that he needs us at all. He invites us because he just wants to be with us because he likes us that much. 
He just really longs for communion, period, the end. And then all the extra that we get to join and lock arms to do is extra. It's gravy. And so this is what's changed my motivations. When I started to see that God saw me that way, that he didn't measure my worth based on my latest accomplishment for him, but it was just like, hey, Rebecca, my favorite time with you is when we walk in the woods together and you kind of have an ugly cry and you're you're singing loud with the birds in worship and you're, you know, you're just processing, you're bringing every, you're bringing me your whole heart, right? You're not withholding anything from me, whether it's exuberance or lament, like you're bringing everything to me. And I think the Lord says to me, that is my favorite time with you. It's not you on a stage, you preaching. Yes, I delight in that. Um, I've given you gifts to do those things. But like when you're just giving me your whole heart and it's broken and contrite, that there is no greater gladness that I feel. And so as a result, when I feel his love in that way, it makes me feel the same way about him to where I go, gosh, Lord, my no for all these other things would just be so that I could do this more with you. Like this is the prize. This is the intimacy and the communion that is so rich that out of it comes a wellspring. It really does. It's there's an of overflow and an abundance that just comes from being so full of love from you and for you that now all of a sudden it can spread out or spill over onto someone else. And that's the gold. But but the beginning of it and the true essence of it is that, our oneness, um, our unity and beauty of that. I have literally never said this before on the podcast. I'm only regretting it because I said I haven't said it. I really feel like somebody needed to hear that. (laughs) I feel like many somebodies needed to hear that, right? That this is not about tidying up your life or being good at renewal or being good at just being a good human. This is about being enjoyed by God because he actually likes you and because he likes you, he gave you these rhythms to step into that will help you experience more of him and experience more of abundance. I want to just put a quick little plug in here for Rhythms of Renewal. Rebecca's one of her other books. Really just a genuine resource is like too light of a word, but it's an incredible resource for any women who would say, I am so far from anything that you're talking about. I'm so far from experiencing renewal or rest. I don't know what any of these words mean. Rebecca, I've told you, my husband is a huge fan of you and your husband in general, but I think Rhythms of Renewal is one of his favorite books ever and genuinely just served us so much. And and it's so practical. It's so deeply spiritual and so compassionate and kind. It's such a soft place to land, but it's also so incredibly practical if anyone's struggling with this. But I want to like head back to the devotional because it's it's such a beautiful form of this, like short snippets and stories and things that you could absolutely just conquer and pay attention to every week. And so I'm going to ask you off the top of your head, do you have a favorite of the 52 devotionals? Because I, I have like four already that I want to talk about. I don't have mine in front of me, but I know the one where I, that was a story, so I don't remember what it's called, but the story where I was walking in the woods four weeks into quarantine and I just kept arguing with God and said, what is, what am I supposed to learn in this season? And I just finally, at the end of this ugly cry, again, this example of having it out with God was just, you don't have to make things happen. 
And truly, that was the lesson that here's here's what I have learned in a lot of my journey of, of as, as a daughter of God who has faith for big things of God, right? Those are good. That's good. God God kind of pulls back the curtain a little and gives us a little glimpse of something that he's on the move. And he he's so kind and generous to reveal his heart to us in some small way, whether it's through, you know, a song, a dream, a memory, a vision, whatever. And and so we kind of, we lean into that and we're excited for it. But here's the problem is that I'm not willing to wait for it. I'm not willing to wait for his timing on whatever that kind of like whisper of like promise is. And and so this walk in the woods was kind of a reminder of like, Rebecca, all those things that I have, that I've set in motion, you think they're dormant, they're not. And you are actually trying to usurp my my plan by forcing my hand or forcing your hand or someone's hand. And in the end, everything that I've begun, I'm faithful to complete so you don't have to make things happen. And it was a real humbling humbling thing for me because I think as, again, high capacity, quote unquote, not so much anymore, but <laughs> my old like shtick was high capacity, hustle, don't take no for an answer, firstborn type A. And honestly, that she's tired and really frustrated (laughs) that things aren't going as they should. And so the more that I let go of that and realize that, oh, you have called us to some things or you've even whispered some things and you're holding it off for a reason. And part of that, I think, is very much in the fact that, that I am not surrendered fully to all that you're trying to cultivate in my life in the waiting, like waiting is not an easy thing for anyone. And sometimes in this particular moment with my son, who's 20 years old now with Down syndrome, there was a a side where I was just like, are you going to lift this? He had a really hard year, one of the hardest years of his entire life during COVID. And I just, I just heard not yet, but I'll be here for as many wailing walks as you need. And I was like, whoa, okay. And yet in that nearness and that honesty, I felt comfort and I felt not alone. I felt solitude instead of loneliness. And I felt held in that place. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, Lord, I trust you. I know you love him more than I. I can I can rest here and I feel cared for and nurtured, even though it's not the answer I was I didn't come to you looking for. Yeah. So good. Well, without sharing too much, I want to tell you guys, when you get the devotional, I want you to pay attention to number 21 and number 24. Those are two of my favorites. 21 is about expressing your emotions. And it just met me in an incredible way that, right, this is one of the ways that we get to experience the renewal of God by just letting it out. Because if we cannot grieve, we cannot be comforted. Such a good word. And I particularly love 24 about a little sweat and how renewal comes through sweat. And in Jesus' name, that's a big part of this season for me. So I'm so grateful for that. Hey, Rebecca, this is such a good work. Thank you again for being so generous with your readers, with us, and and just sharing even more from your heart, from God's word, from God's heart for us. And so before we close, I'd love to hear, is there anything that we can just be praying for you about the Go and Tell Gals? How can we be fighting for you? Oh my goodness. Yeah, I think just that, you know, I'm really just, here's what I'm after now, not even just rest and renewal, but like 
it's like a continuum, but I think even out of that rest and renewal is a deep gladness, like a very, you know, of the eight emotions, Chip Dodd talks about in Voices of the Heart, the only positive one is gladness. (laughs) And so we're like, hey, if I'm just not experiencing total anger or, you know, loss, I'm, I'm just to the point where I'm like, Lord, can you settle in my heart with like a deep gladness where I just get jazzed about the fact that the birds are waking up right now. And I have, I've had, I've had glimpses of that this year and yes, there's still sadness. And that's kind of the whole point, right? Is it all coincides, but, but I was in worship with some next gen leaders last week and I was swept up in it. I was literally swept up in it with so much gladness in my heart. I'm like, Oh my goodness, Lord, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I want to hold on to that promise. And and so, yeah, I would say the prayer is that that can be more often than less in the weeks to come out of a real pursuit for, for slowing and for taking on less and putting less in my pack of responsibility and maybe removing those things, giving those to you and giving more room for delight. Mm, I love that. So good. We're so grateful for you. Thank you, thank you for your generosity, for these words, and for leading the way for so many of us. Love you, friend. Thanks for having me. Friends, thank you so much for joining us today. We are grateful that you were able to listen in. If you loved this episode, would you do us a favor and leave a review so other friends can find this episode? We pray it encouraged you and left you feeling equipped to run on mission right where you're at. We're super grateful for you, and we will see you next week.